Welcome to Women in Leadership Talk, where you'll hear from successful women who are empowering other women with their stories of adversity, resiliency, and success. And here is your host, Vicki Bradley, founder and CEO of Women in Leadership Empowered. So, uh, Christina, just, you know, quickly, I want to welcome you as our guest speaker today. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so oh. to be here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're thrilled to have you. And also, I'd like to thank Women in IT Summit and Award Series for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, and I just take a moment to share a little bit about uh, the Women in IT Summit. Um, they, they believe that the lack of diversity in the tech sector is actually a global issue and one that has to be addressed and, and, and quickly. Um, the Women in IT Award Summit is organized by Bonhill Group and is hosted by Diversity Q and Information Age, which those are brands of the Bonhill Group. They help raise awareness of this problem, and, and it is truly a big problem. Um, you know, I've been doing work with them now for the last three years, and they're a great organization. They also... Uh, and most importantly, we still have people entering, uh, they spark conversations that lead to action to close those gender gaps, which is hugely important, while celebrating amazing achievements of the women in technology. And so they, you know, they're based out of London and they have a series of global initiatives uh, with events in New York, uh, Toronto, Singapore, Berlin. Bucharest, Dublin, and Silicon Valley. And we're super excited because they will be in Toronto um, hosting an event with us on October the 20th. And uh, we're super excited that they're going to be there. So we'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of our, our conversation with Christina. So um, again, thank you so much, Women in IT Summit, for sponsoring this. And so let me officially introduce our guest today for the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. We have with us Christina Tejosas. Christina, again, thank you for coming. Christina you. is a <laughs> she is a holistic nutritionist, a TEDx speaker, and owner of the Thrive Nutrition Practice, which is a global online wellness business focused on building physical and mental health resilience to stress. Very timely. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Prior to becoming a nutritionist, though, Christina enjoyed a decade-long long global career in capital markets, and today she focuses on developing nutritional programs that actually support corporate professionals and entrepreneurs in increasing productivity, reducing sick days, and being more physically and emotionally resilient to stress. In 2017, she shared her, her nutritional strategy, Sleep Love Poop, and I did say poop, on the TEDx stage as part of the TED Women's Global Conference. Uh, she graduated with first-class honors from the Edison Institute of Nutrition in Toronto, where she earned her diploma in holistic nutrition. And she holds an MBA from the Schulich School of Business and sits on the board of MumNet, a not-for-profit dedicated to improving the health and well-being of mothers in Toronto. Her research and thought leadership on postnatal women's health has been published in Thrive Global. Christina, I know you do lots of, you know, different podcasts, different, uh, you have different conversations about burnout, mental health. Uh, and today, you know, our focus is really on burnout and, and burnout has doubled for women in the past year. I mean, it's like, when you think about that, like doubling in the past year and one in three women are actually considered 
are, are considering leaving their post as corporate executives or downshifting those careers. And some of the research that uh, I know you and I both have, have read this from uh, Lean In and the McKinsey Group is that yeah. 42% of women say they have been or almost uh, have always been on burnout in the past year in particular. And so lots of emotions are being experienced. You know, one woman was saying that she's crying all the time. She, she doesn't understand this because it's not her nature. Um, mm-hmm. But we're really caught in the middle of all the emotions and feeling like we're sort of on deck for everyone's emotions, right? And so mm-hmm. burnout is sort of at its peak for most people. Um, you know, so I, I think today's conversation is very timely and so important that we start to dive into, you know, how we recognize it, what we do about it. And so let's just jump in. So, you know, thank you again. Um, let's Let's just start with, you know, how really what the impact has been on mental health, uh, especially over the past 19 months and what we're seeing physically manifest uh, and how people are physically present, but emotionally absent. And so maybe you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this condition of being physically present and emotionally absent Um, It was actually explored by a a clinical psychologist. There's an actual term for it. It's called ambiguous loss. And it's meant to refer to the situation where, you know, we are mourning the loss of someone, for example, dear to us who is suffering from Alzheimer's, for example, you know, where they are physically present, but emotionally absent. And, and I, heard that I heard that from uh, Esther Perel she was uh, on a on a podcast talking about this this concept of ambiguous loss and I thought gosh that is what I'm seeing too in my practice uh, with women in burnout this this um this condition of being physically here but emotionally absent and I really can't think of one client who doesn't suffer from this right we're all struggling at this point on the one hand with this perceived like almost requirement to be available all the time yeah and so that's on the one hand and then on the other hand you know this this we've got this device you know this phone that that makes that perceived requirement so possible right so (laughs) flexibility but without boundaries Right. So we've all experienced this, right? We're having dinner with our family or with a group of friends. And, you know, suddenly, you know, we're responding to a text or an email that comes through, or our friends are doing that, or, you know, our children are doing that, right? Um, sometimes. So it's it's really this um, yeah, it's 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 endemic right now, this condition of being physically present, uh, but emotionally absent or emotionally distracted. Right. And so many of these previous times, which were for human connection and for de-stressing, right, are now kind of invaded by the mobile phone or by this 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 requirement or this this idea that we have to be available all the time. Um, And really, that means that our nervous system is always on. It's always on standby. Right. It's never truly off. We're really always waiting for that next beep or that buzz or that, you know, notification to come through. And that doesn't just take a toll on our on our mental health. Right. There's a lot of data 
on mental health and, you know, our, our dependence on, on our mobile phones and our devices. But it also takes a toll on our physical health as well, because our nervous system is always at the ready, right? It's always in fight or flight. And with COVID, it's in fight or flight all the time because we're, you know, over the last two years, we've lived in this kind of state of fear, right? And and so if our nervous system is always on, then that's going to affect how robust our adrenal health is as well. And our adrenal system is responsible for our stress response, right? And for how resilient we, we are to stress. So, so really, we can't really talk about solutions to mental health issues and the issue of burnout without really addressing physical well-being as well. Wow. Wow. You said a number of things there that my brain was going Oh yeah, I do that. Oh yeah, I'm definitely, you know, and I, I catch myself even with the kids. It's like, get your devices yeah. off. Like this is this is family time. But mm-hmm. you're so right. Like that fight or flight, and 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 especially during COVID, I think it's been mm-hmm. heightened that much more because we're we're also we're thinking about our own well-being, but we're also thinking about our loved ones' well-being yeah. and our children's well-being. And, and we were talking about just before everybody came on, you know, yeah. like my daughter's experiencing all of these anxieties, and um, it has that physical Im- impact, you know, because mm-hmm. she's anxious, but she's feeling it physically in her gut. Um, yeah. So, wow. So, what do we do? I mean, how do we? How do we? start to make that shift from being emotionally absent and, and, you know, combining the physical presence and the emotional presence together. So maybe, maybe talk a little bit about that if you would. Yeah. Um, I think, I think the first thing um, that I want to say is that on that is that in terms of women and burnout, I think the reason why we're seeing such a crisis um, during COVID is because of that added physical exhaustion that we're all experiencing, right? And we know from that McKinsey and Lean-In report that, you know, women are taking on, um, you know, not just the care for their families, but also tending to their team and to their and to the people that they're responsible for. So women now are just in this state of physical exhaustion from the extra caregiving responsibilities that they've had to undertake. And and the thing is that when that happens, right? When that happens, that that extra load of like mental and physical stress, as you said, it starts to manifest itself in the body, right? And so right now, women's bodies are literally yelling, right? They're like, Dreaming. I can't go at this pace any longer. And I don't know what I have to do to tell you to get the message, because I'm already giving you these symptoms of like, anxiety, and brain fog, and insomnia. <laughs> and I'm giving you like, 
hormonal migraines and indigestion because of all the stress that's getting stuck in the stomach, you know, I'm, uh, your energy is really low. Right. And so, you know, we were talking about this before as well, Vicky, we, our tendency is to kind of downplay these emotions, right? Like downplay these symptoms until we can't ignore them anymore. And by that time, we're so overwhelmed and so exhausted that like the inner critic inside of us, right? It's just getting louder and louder. And finally, it just says, okay, I'm physically here, but I'm emotionally spent. My life force is gone. I'm bowing out. That's me done. Right. And so to come back from that, like once you've reached that stage to come back from that, it's hard, you know, because the reality is that most women who bow out, you know, they're not doing that so that they can go sit on a beach. No kidding. (laughs) Yes. They do it so that they can continue their caregiving responsibilities to their family, you know, to their kids, to their aging parents. They, they do that so that they can continue to do that without really burning out, like without really just kind of like, you know, being sort of flat out on a bed for three months. So it's not like there's a holiday in sight. Okay. But on a day-to-day basis, right? On a day-to-day basis, being emotionally present is easier when you're doing something that helps you release the stress from the body and keep you in flow. Okay. Um, So implementing a movement practice that you can commit to, realistically commit to, is a wonderful transitional way to kind of move away from stress and into being emotionally present. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I personally, I, I work with a wonderful fitness coach who really focuses on intentional movement. And it's helped me tremendously, not, not just in terms of like, you know, leveling up fitness and whatnot, whatnot, but really to kind of use that time to just get that stress out, right? Like get it out from the body um, where it's not causing havoc, right? Um, I, I like to do things with my hands as well, right? So, you know, drawing something where you're really sort of actively engaging um, more of your senses. Um, and there's a lot of actual sort of mind-body science to back this. Like when we cook, for example, mm. um, we engage the higher centers of our brain, right? And that can help us tune into things like gratitude, right? We can turn off the, the inner critic. And I always find that kind of ironic because I think cooking is kind of the last thing that we associate <laughs> with something relaxing, but it is, it is a very effective mindfulness practice as it turns out. <laughs> well, so, so to validate your point, like if you think about when the pandemic started, like you couldn't go to a grocery store and find flour because people were picking like crazy, right? Not maybe necessarily the best thing to be, you know, to be making cakes and breads for overall, you know, body composition. But, but to your point, it was a, it was a release, right? It was a release. Yeah. it, It wasn't about, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously you have to eat your baked goods or whatever, but you know, that was, you know, I've got clients who've done that. And it was more about like needing the bread yeah, and using exactly. just another part of yourself that you 
are not tapping into in your workday. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I want to tap into, there was a lot that you said there, which was fantastic. And and thank you for that. Um, I think, and I'm curious about this. So when you hit that wall, yeah, you, you said that's when it's hard to pull yourself back Mm. in a way, when you hit the wall, then you know that you're at burnout. Yeah. Right. So Mm -hmm. what are those little subtleties that sometimes we don't even, don't even realize, right. That those are the signals. I mean, I know we talked about some of the bigger things, but what are some of those whispers that happen that are, are saying to you, you know, Vicki, you're, you know, listen, pay attention. Like this is happening for a reason, pay attention to it so that we catch it before we hit the full blown burnout. Yeah. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Oh, <laughs> yes. Any? Loads. <laughs> uh, loads. Um, well, I think this idea of being physically present and emotionally absent is, is a big one. Um, and it's, and you, it, it is kind of almost how it starts because burnout by definition is, is also a state in which we experience extreme disconnection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so really kind of tapping into that intentionality about how you're present with other people, I think is, a, is very important. Um, stress can manifest itself in both physical and mental health symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, you know, they manifested physically first. Mm-hmm. So they, fa- they manifested in digestive issues, you know, which started off kind of gently and then became very irritable, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, when, when I was under levels of, you know, high stress and those high level, when your body is, is experiencing these kind of chronic levels of inflammation, that starts taking a toll elsewhere too. So for example, in my case, it took a toll on immunity, right? So I I got sick a lot, you know, colds Mm -hmm. that then turn into bronchitis or sinusitis, or those colds where like, you just, you feel like you're sick all winter long. Like Mm -hmm. you you can't shift that cough. Never ending cold. (laughs) Like never ending, right? Yeah. That chronic kind of sinus congestion. And then and then suddenly one day I was like, oh God, I, I can't breathe today. Why can't I breathe today? And I started developing these like allergies, like really severe allergies to dust and dust mites, which I'd never had before. And, and then finally, really only as a kind of last step, um, did I feel my anxiety levels start to rise Okay, um, and feel like I really just sort of didn't have a handle on my, on my emotions. And I felt like any kind of little thing would really throw me off. So I really had to guard myself from, I felt like slowly I was retreating because I was so afraid of confrontation um, because any little thing would throw me off. So I kind of like, and the thing is this happens so gently and so over time, right? It starts with like, you know, 
a migraine or it starts with a headache or something. And then, you know, slowly, um, especially as we age as well, right? And as we enter perimenopause, which, you know, I'm, I'm in right now. Um, so, you know, all of these sort of like physical symptoms, if you're not dealing with that first one, they start to kind of add up and, and kind and, and go elsewhere. And that all then just, you know, then also impacts your mental health and your behavior as well. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and to your point, what you just said there is it accumulates, right? Mm-hmm. So we start small. So from our audience listening, it, it's paying attention to the little things that the whispers, the subtleties and doing a check, right? Check yourself mm-hmm. with respect to where are you emotionally? Where are you physically? What, what stresses are weighing you down? And then how, how, what do you do then? Like, how would you, how would you work with someone to help them, uh, you know, come out of burnout? Yeah, that, that is, uh, it's a, it's a long process. It's a difficult process. (laughs) Um, and you know, in terms of like how I start to, um, to help people, I really feel like the first step is really bringing, that awareness between, you know, as a nutritionist, um, between what you're eating mm-hmm. and how you're feeling. Right. Um, and so, you know, I have people keep a sleep, love, poop journal before they come and see me. <laughs> okay. So tell us about this. So, tell us about the journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so basically this sleep, love, poop journal, it basically, I ask people to, um, to keep a diary of how many hours they sleep. Um, and obviously keep a diary of what food they're drinking, what, what food they're eating, what they're drinking. And I also ask them to keep a record of how many bowel movements they have in a day. Okay. And, and I ask them to, you know, look at their bowel movements be able to have a conversation with me about it. And also in terms of their sleep, you know, uh, just write it, jot down, you know, how was that sleep? How did you feel when you woke up? Did you wake up in the middle of the night? You know, just kind of, just so we can discuss how their sleep quality is as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the amazing thing about keeping this diary is that it's an amazing tool for reflection and mindfulness. Um, so, you know, first of all, everyone who hands me back the, the journal is like, oh my God, Christina, I've had the worst day <laughs> or the worst week, or, you know, this isn't really what happens. <laughs> um, so denial you know, is, is at the forefront. Okay. <laughs> you know, but the reality is that I, I, I don't ask people to keep this food diary as a, as a judgment tool. I, I ask them to keep it so that they can start to see like, oh gosh, I had three glasses of water on Monday and looks like I didn't go for a poo that day or on Tuesday. And it seems as though I had a lot of brain fog and, hmm, you know, like interesting, like, could there be a, could there be a link between that, you know, like between my bowel movements and my quality of sleep and my mood and, and, and what I eat. And I go, yeah, there is because when we are not literally letting go of the crap in our body, <laughs> that can contribute to things like brain fog because our gut and our brain 
are connected via the vagus nerve. And so when we haven't cleaned house, there's a lot of toxicity that's recirculating in the body and that creates a lot of opportunity for inflammation. And so, yeah, our brain may not be working at its top sort of potential, you know? Yeah. And, and we also might be experiencing heightened anxiety or insomnia because as it turns out, the majority of our serotonin, which is our happy hormone, and our melatonin, which is our, our sleep hormone, as, as you may know, is made in our gut. Mm-hmm. So having good gut health is inextricably linked to our mental health and our state of our mental health and our ability to stay optimistic and to let go of our stressors and, and to sleep and to really rest and regenerate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gut health is so key. What you're eating determines your gut health, right? So that whole picture is so important to, to understand. So keeping a, a sleep love poop journal <laughs> can really help to sort of build that reflective practice that we need to, to understand what food is actually showing you love, right? Like what yeah. food is actually helping you um, and, and which one isn't, right? What, what's sabotaging you? What's sabotaging your performance? And there aren't many things that we do as constants in a given day, right? Like brushing our teeth, maybe, you know, one of them, but, but eating, eating is something that we do three times a day. So there's a lot of data points that can show us what, what really is fueling our performance and, and, and not just kind of filling our belly. Right. Um, and, and so when we start to see our, our meal times and, and our food as an opportunity for recovery, right. Yeah. And then it's, then it's like, okay, you know, what, what emotions do I tap into in order to guide my food choices and, and thrive, right. Not just survive. Um, That's the second part, right. The emotion is, is the second part. So sorry to interrupt there, but so I just, what, where that took me was that Mm -hmm. how important it's, so it's symbolic really, uh, the food and the sleep and, and our intake is symbolic of what we're putting in Mm -hmm. if we're not releasing. So that's Mm -hmm. emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, every aspect of our whole being if, if we're not aware of what we're putting in, it's very hard for us to release that. Right. And so what I heard you say is that your, your love sleep poop is journal is really helping create that awareness so that you're making better choices of what you're holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and exactly, exactly. And the reason why it's a sleep love poop journal and not a sleep eat journal, (laughs) you know, because so my, my TEDx talk is called sleep, love, poop. And, you know, my coach, she's like, why don't you just call it sleep, eat poop? And I'm like, because no one needs any help to eat. (laughs) No one needs help with that. Right. (laughs) Um, But, but that emotion behind our food choices, that's what's going to determine whether you're fueling your performance or whether you're filling your belly. Right. Yeah. And I really truly believe having gone through that learning process myself is that 
love is really the only emotion that's strong enough, um, that's ambitious enough, really, to, to, to be that guiding force, right? Because when you love someone, like when you love yourself, when you love someone, you want the best for them, right? You, you know, if I think of my kids, for example, I want the best winter jacket for them. (laughs) I want like the best education for them. I want like the best, what have you, you know, piano, the best friends for them. I, I want them to be enjoying the best in their life. And, and, and we're so used to employing this idea of like having the best and trading up right all the time. Right. Like, is this the best house I can live in? Is this the best career I can have? Is this the best place I can work? Is this, is this, is this the best car I can drive? Um, but, you know, I like to use that concept and apply it to, to nutrition. You know, is this really the best I can do for myself at this point in time? And the reality is that, you know, you know, I got to a point where I was like, well, I don't want to settle for toast and coffee anymore because that's not the best I can do, right? I, I need an and deserve better than that. If I'm going to, you know, be a, a nutritional therapist and, and listen to my clients with, with empathy and, and with compassion and, and then, you know, finish that part of my day and transition into helping my kids with fraction homework, which drives me crazy. (laughs) Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And, and then, you know, at the end of the day, having enough to kind of like having enough left within me to, to be physically and emotionally present for my partner and to, and to, and to work on a, and invest in a relationship there. That's really meaningful for me. So, so, you know, we're not just um, our career, right? We're so much more than that. And so how do we, how do we be resilient and how do we perform not just in our nine to five? And I say nine to five, obviously, you know, cause nobody does nine to five anymore, but how do we perform and be resilient, not just in our nine to five, but in, in our relationships with our family and with our partner, with our friends, in our relationship with ourself, right? Mm-hmm. We, yeah, how do we show ourselves the love and the self-worth that, you know, that we, that we deserve and, 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 and what? <laughs> well, you shared, you've shared a lot of really great points. So when we're looking at burnout in total, mm-hmm. right? And it's bringing us back to that emotional presence. There's so many factors that I heard you share there that really do have a significant impact on us. So it's our nutrition, it's how we sleep. And I hear from women all the time, myself included, you know, mm-hmm. I can fall asleep, but I'm waking up in the, in the middle of the night or I have insomnia, mm-hmm. I can't go to sleep. Sleep mm-hmm. is a huge factor. Yeah. So yeah. what what are some of those tips that you have that can help our audience take away today um, you know, some practical guidance on how we start to move from that burnout to really thriving. Mm, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with respect to sleep in particular, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Right. And, and there's, there's a, a big part of, of it. That's, you know, sleep hygiene, of course. Um with women, what I see with sleep is as well as that 
those those hours like post kids being in bed and you know post the kitchen getting tidy and all that they're so precious right there's like a lot of like wanting to kind of draw that time out um because that's kind of like me time or time that you have from with your partner or whatnot um but if those hours are getting compressed and i'm sure that you know, Vicki, this is probably something that you do quite a lot in, in your coaching, you know, bringing that awareness to like, if you're not having time for yourself, who are you giving that time to? Because there's always a, yeah, there's always a ledger, right? hundred oh, percent. When you yeah. say, when you say no to yourself, mm-hmm. you're saying yes to somebody yeah. else. Oh, right. Always. And so there's- you want to say more yeses to you <laughs> <laughs> and no to the others. Exactly. Exactly. But, but generally when I, as a a nutritionist, have a client who can't sleep, I first look at that food diary, right. To, to understand if they're getting the nutrients they need to make that neurotransmitter melatonin, Mm, um, which as you know, regulates the sleep cycle. Yes. And I also take a look at their daily intake of food to determine if they're getting enough of those nutrients to relax the muscles. So, you know, what are the foods there that are rich in magnesium to really relax the muscles? Um, And what is the intake of foods that's really nourishing their adrenal glands? So those glands that are responsible for making our stress hormones like cortisol, for example, and our adrenal glands are also responsible for helping us stay resilient in the face of stress, right? Because generally, if we're dealing with a case of insomnia, for example, right? We're dealing with someone who's still processing a stressor, right? Like that stress is stuck somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're kind of looping, they're looping it back in, you know, be it that stressful conversation that they had, or, you know, that's that, that stressful project with the uncertain outcome, they're kind of looping that in the body, or they're worried about something big. And so, of course, there are cognitive behavioral therapies, which are super useful for insomnia, more so than sleeping pills, uh, actually. But the food that we eat also plays a very crucial role in helping you sleep. Because as it turns out, most of our melatonin, as I said, it's produced in the gut. And melatonin is built in our body from the amino acids found in protein, for example, it can be animal or plant-based, um, you know, either way, but they're built from the amino acids that we find in protein and the food that we eat also impacts the ease with which our body responds to, and is able to let go of stress. So for example, people who have like higher levels of vitamin C in, in their body, for example, um, they are actually able to go from one stressful situation to another with greater ease. And so that is extremely important for women in leadership positions, because that means that we can go from that stressful client meeting to having a difficult conversation with a team member to a board presentation to something else, right? with greater ease. So when I hear people talk about, you know, people in, in, in the corporate space, right. Uh, You know, talk about building resilience in their teams. I think 
you know, gosh, does the future of work entail a proper lunch break? Having a lunch break. So that people can actually fuel their resiliency because it doesn't come from nothing. Right. That's, that's you know, really good. That's important to understand because yeah. I, when you said that, I, I I went through my menu of what did I have for dinner last night? Yeah. Right. And so really mm-hmm. thinking about what you're putting in. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And and really intentionally making time for it. Like if we're nutritionally deficient because we don't have time for lunch or we're burning people out to the point where they can't be bothered to make dinner because they're so tired, then, you know, we might be talking about resilience, right? Mm -hmm. And empathy, Mm -hmm. but we're not really practicing it, right? Um, And, and, you know, stress, stress is a, is a given, but, Mm -hmm. you know, resilience is really an intentional choice. And, and I really think that in the workplace, we need to start, you know, holding space for creating those intentional choices that we need to build resilience because it doesn't, you know, resilience, you can't magic that up. You know, that is an embodied, that is an embodied practice. Right, right. And so, so just what you said there, super important that we as individuals take responsibility for doing that for ourselves because, mm-hmm. Corporations will not always be the ones that will subscribe. So to your point, they'll say, you know, we need to do things to help us be more resilient, but fueling yourself is really a mindful practice. And so, you know, if it's tough to go have lunch, then pack a lunch, take it with you or, you know, prep it the night before and have it in the refrigerator because a lot of us are still working from home, right? But fueling yourself with, with really good nutrients that, that help reduce the amount of the burnout that we can experience both physically and mentally. Mm -hmm. So Christina, what, this has been awesome. And, and I know you're a high intention person and, you know, you had a a journey that has brought you here today. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. What would be your sage advice. Like if you could tell our audience to take two things away from this conversation today (laughs) to help them be less burned out (laughs) or more aware, what would that be? Uh, So, I mean, I think I really have to come back to kind of my sort of sleep, love, poop mantra for this. So I know that's kind of three things, but kind of in one. That's okay. We'll, 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 we'll have three good. <laughs> so, so really, you know, the first thing about prioritizing sleep and recovery and really seeing that as productive me time is really important. So, you know, sleep and making sure that you're, you're giving the opportunity for your body to rest and regenerate and recover is so, so important in terms of getting on that path out of burnout and overwhelm, super important. And love, of course, love as that sort of ambitious um, guiding force for the choices that you make in your life, including the food choices that we make, right? That's supremely important because, you know, at the end of the day, we're really conditioned to seeing chocolate as a treat and broccoli as a punishment. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we, (laughs) 
But you know what I mean? Like you don't tell like your kid, like if you're good, I'm going to give you broccoli for dinner today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Only if we did that. Yes. Even I tell my kids that and they, they laugh, right? They know it. (laughs) So, um, but really sort of tapping into that, um, that sense of love and self-worth and, and making that intentional choice to fuel your performance instead of just feel, fill your belly is really, really key and understanding, you know, what foods can help you really do that and what foods show you love um, is, is really important because when you're in a state of burnout, the reality is that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to contemplate giving anything up, right? You don't want to diet. Burnout is already a state of extreme depletion. You don't want to, you don't want to punish yourself anymore, right? So really trans that transition into love-led nourishment is really the hardest one that that, uh, that I make with, with my clients to really start to see their food choices as a way to show themselves greater love and kindness. That's really important. And, and, and poop, right? Like we, you know, we just have to let go of the crap that's holding us back. That is just that that's just the cycle of, <laughs> of life. No, that's so, so true. And, and, and so symbolic, like, as you were yeah. saying that it's like, Cause I love how you said it actually, cause it's letting go of the crap, right? Like if you physically can see yourself, okay, when you have that poop, you're just letting it all go. So all of that stress and strain and frustration, everything just goes and flush it away. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Thank you. Thank you for that so much. I I want, I'm just watching our time here, but I want to open it up Mm. for our audience because I'm sure there's some great questions. So um, for those of you who have joined us, you know, feel free to, you can either raise your hand uh, or put in the chat. If you have a question, put in the chat, any, any questions that you would like Christina to answer. Um, So feel free to turn on your mics and then, and ask away. Hi, I have a question. Yes, please. Hello. So great to see you, Vicky, again. You too. Yes, thank you. And hi, Christina. This was really, really, um, I find educational and inspiring as for sure as a um, business coach and running a couple businesses and having three children, Mm -hmm. I can relate to a lot of the, you know, burnout and the stress, um, uh, what you were sharing. And I loved hearing about letting the crap or shit just go <laughs> both mentally and physically. So I yeah. love it. I might use it at, uh, sometimes. <laughs> um, so thank you for that. And um, you did share a couple things around the uh, magnesium and adrenal gland. And that's definitely mm-hmm. something um, uh, as I was working with my holistic, um, doctor, um, something she recommended too, as I did have a stress attack last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so besides those two, um, what else would you say your key, maybe top three supplements, um, would be to take daily just for overall, um, balance? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so the first thing I just want to say is hello <laughs> and thank you for your question. Um, 
supplementation, I get questions about supplementation a lot. And what I've really come to realize um, after you know years of clinical practice is that supplementation, first of all, it, it doesn't um, it doesn't make up for um, you know a, a, a nutritional deficiencies or a lack of kind of like a, a balanced wholesome um, diet. So that's just I just wanted to start off there because, you know, the supplement industry is a multi-million billion dollar business. And there's lots of supplements that tout that they can, you know, help with a great number of things, but really it's a, it is a supplement. It's, it's something that you do on top of your nutritional um, practice, but in terms of supplements that I find are just kind of foundational, um, I would say vitamin D is foundational um, for immunity, especially these days, you know, with COVID, um, there are a lot of um, studies that show that people who have optimal levels of vitamin D have um, are more likely to have a less severe case of COVID should they contract it. So I would say that vitamin D and making sure that you stay on top of those levels is really important. Um, I would say also that, um, you know, magnesium supplementation, I find, especially for in the perimenopausal age is, uh, is very, very important. And the other thing is that, you know, because of the impact of stress on the digestive system, I would say that, you know, you're probably most people, I would say, are probably better off having a, or, you know, supplementing with a digestive enzyme so that you can really absorb the nutrients from your food, um, instead of taking those in through, you know, a multivitamin, for example, because our body really isn't designed to take in nutrients through, uh, a supplementation. It's designed to take them through food. So some, you know, we're not just what we eat or what our body is able to absorb. So sometimes taking a digestive enzyme can actually do away with a lot of money spent elsewhere. Nice. Amazing. Thank you so very much, Christina. Welcome. Great question, Isabella. Thanks. <laughs> okay. We probably have time for maybe one or two more questions. Anybody else want to uh, venture into a question with Christina? I'm looking for the elusive uh, unmute button. <laughs> <laughs> Always uh, hidden. <laughs> exactly. Uh, hello and thank you. And hi, Christina. Hi. Um, I wonder if you could spend a few minutes sharing your view on what cravings are telling us when we're in those stressful moments. Are different types of cravings or different times of day? Um, are those hints at telling us anything or is it all just part of the same chapter around uh, stress and resilience and managing that. Mm. Yeah, stress. Um, well, cravings can tell us a lot. Um, you know, there is a camp that says that sugar cravings tell us that we're um, that we're looking for love and that you know maybe we're we're looking for a hug um, or you know something that more emotional like that. And salty cravings are stress cravings, so they're more related to kind of like you know work issues or things like that. But I really find that um, like in terms of you know my I used to suffer really badly from like chocolate cravings. I just wanted to eat chocolate all the time. And I certainly found that when I improved my gut health, those cravings were much easier to manage, um, much easier to manage. So sometimes, 
Vicki, you asked me about silent clues. If we're having very strong cravings for something that could just be our gut bacteria saying to us, hey, <laughs> there's a bit of an imbalance here that needs to be remedied and rectified. And I was just wondering if you could help me do that because <laughs> there's only so much chocolate we can eat without experiencing inflammation and, and other sort of chronic health symptoms. So, um, so sometimes, and, you know, actually I used to get really upset with myself because I'd be like, okay, today is day one of no chocolate. I'm not having chocolate anymore for the rest of my life. And today is day one. And then by day two, I'd be like, God damn it, Christina, why can't you just be, you know, why can't you be stronger than this? Why can't you be stronger than this? And I'd beat myself up. And that inner critic would be like, you know, self-flagellating me like, like the good Roman Catholic that I am, you know, like, and, and it's, it's not like your cravings are not dictated here for the most part, they're dictated by your gut. So, um, so yeah, I would say, have a look at your, at your gut health and see what's going on there. Yeah. Great question. Thank you. So any, anybody else, we've got time for one more question before we wrap up here today. I have something that I'd like to bring forward. There, there was something, Christina, thank you so much for doing this. It, mm-hmm. It's been very helpful and informative, but you said something about um, changing our mindset so that broccoli is good and chocolate's not. And certainly over the last 18, 19 months, I've had a real problem with that in that as soon as I make that decision of I have to do something about this, everything's gone off the rails, I need to clean this up. Mm. As soon as I make that decision, I'm immediately sabotaging it with chocolate or opening a bottle of wine or whatever, whatever is at hand. How can we make the shift in mindset? Because it's not just mind over matter. No. No, it's, it's not just mind over matter. I mean, it is a, it is a holistic approach. Cause as, as I said, some of those cravings, they're really coming from your, from the state of your health, from the state of your microbiome, from the state of like the bacteria in your gut. And sometimes we just can't, we can't deny it. We feel like it's super, it's a superhuman effort to, to deny it, but it is basically a step by step by step process. You know, I like to say to people, there is no wagon. There's just life. You don't get on the wagon and fall off the wagon. You just, there's just life. And so what can we do in terms of setting little minor goals for us on a day-to-day basis that help us to transition um, our gut health in parallel with our mindset. So really, so, you know, I, I, Vicki knows this, but I, I do a love and kindness guided meditation every Friday um, afternoons at two 30 and, and, and I, and I do it for myself um, because I, I, I love tapping into those emotions. I really feel like they're a beacon for me in terms of the choices, helping me make the choices that I want to for, for myself. Um, but also for, for, to give, you know, other people the opportunity to, to really carve out some time in their day to, to practice it. Cause that's the thing, you know, when we're working, 
we're not, you know, we're doing the Superman pose the whole day, right? Like we're doing, we're practicing, we're practicing performance. We're tapping into emotions that help us, you know, perform basically. We're not tapping into love and kindness. And, and, and that's, that's also an intentional practice. We need to carve that time out for ourselves to really sort of intentionally connect with those feelings that can help us make choices and stick to those choices when they matter most. Right. So, but if we're not practicing that with intention, it's very difficult, especially when we're under stress to be able to make that right choice. Cause we're not used to tapping into that. We don't have that practice of bringing that intentionality to ourselves and really tapping into those emotions. So it's just like building like exercise. It's like the first time you go to the gym, no one's going to ask you to do a, a push up <laughs> the first time around. Right. But slowly you kind of work your way there. <laughs> I'm still working my way there. <laughs> you're building comment or you're building yeah. muscles, right? You're building uh, strength. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Exactly. And it starts step by step. Great question, Sue. Thank you. And I think all of us have suffered from that. I, I definitely will tell you I have, um, especially with the wine and the chocolate <laughs> over the last 19 months. Um, yeah. So I think we're all in that one together for sure. But yeah, beautiful. So Christina, if I can ask you, because I had the good fortune of participating uh, a week ago in your, your Friday 15-minute um, meditation, love and kindness practice. Maybe you could put that in the chat, the link, if you oh, would sure. that, yeah. uh, that would be great because it is a beautiful way to just, just be very intentional about, you know, serving yourself and it's 15 minutes. It's not long. And, and she does such a beautiful job of, you know, just bringing everything together. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that. And if you also would, uh, I would love it if you could put in the chat, how people can connect with you um, so that they know where to find you either, you know, for, through your email or on Instagram, uh, you know, all of those different channels of where they can reach out to you. Yes. Oh goodness. Now you're asking me very difficult questions. That's okay. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk what my <laughs> handles are. I'm looking them up. <laughs> it's okay. Even if you just, even if you just do your LinkedIn or your, uh, uh, your email is is great. Yeah. So I, I know this has been such an amazing conversation and, and Christina has brought up so many wonderful points of how we can serve ourselves better. And I, I just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for that, Christina. Um, but I also want to share that, you know, she's going to continue this conversation next week at uh, the Women in IT Summit, who happens to be the sponsor of our podcast today. And in the summit, you're able to join professionals from across Canada's tech and diversity, equity, and inclusion space. So that's October 20th. Uh, for the, and it's their third annual summit. And this promises to be a really impactful event because they're offering a ton of different conversations, fireside chats, panel discussions, keynote speakers. 
Um, there's also, it's going to be followed by two master classes, which I'm three, actually three master classes. I'm going to be hosting one of those on how we network and connect, uh, especially in our environment today, uh, virtually. So if anybody would like to join me, I'd love to have you. This is a free event, uh, but it's a great way for you to connect with other individuals. You don't have to be in the tech industry, uh, but this is the Women in IT Summit's way of building stronger diversity, equity, and inclusion in all businesses. So we'd love to have you there. And Christina will be amazing continuing this discussion on her panel. So please join us. Um, and again, Christina, I want to thank you. I, I, from, you know, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for joining us today and sharing the love and the beauty that you have brought. And hopefully our audience will walk away today feeling that, you know, that self-compassion and that they feel really good about taking care of themselves. And that's not a selfish thing. It's actually selfless because when we take care of ourselves and we're in the right headspace and emotional space, we can be in the right physical space. So thank you. Thank you for that. And for those of you who like following our podcast, or um, if you want to share this podcast with someone, these will be downloaded on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, our website. Uh, so if you know another woman who needs to hear this message today, please do share it with her uh, or him. It can be him too. <laughs> we like men too. So, uh, you know, just keep that in mind and it should be downloaded uh, over the weekend and it'll be available at um, We'll Talk, Women in Leadership Talk. And lastly, uh, our next podcast is on October the 28th. We will be hosting Nikki Self, who is the founder and president of Saponetti Inc. And this woman is a disruptor in this world. She is looking to change the eco, the conscious ecosystem of creating a zero waste environment. And we're going to be talking about ways that you know, how each of us as individuals can make a difference in impacting our earth and world in a very positive way. Um, and she is a force, this woman. She's got great visions and uh, would love to have, you know, all of you join us. Or if you know other women who would enjoy this conversation or men, we like men here too. Please have them join us on, on the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. So Christina, I thank you again. And ladies, thank you for joining us. And I hope to see you on October the 28th. Bye for now. Thanks so much, Vicki. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Will Talk, sponsored by Women in Leadership Empowered. To learn more about our programs, please visit www.willempowered.com. We look forward to seeing you in our community.